0: We're going to talk now about a a big and interesting legal case in Mozambique that began with a a Facebook post. And to discuss this, we're very happy to welcome Carlos Nunu Castelbranco from Mozambique. Welcome, Carlos. Thank you. So Carlos, this case, which uh, has been brought against you, but also against two journalists, began in November, 2013, when you posted a Facebook open letter to the then president of Mozambique, uh, President Gabuza. So, so Carlos, maybe you can clarify what the charges are against you
1: and the charges, which are slightly different against Fernando Mbanzi and Fernando Veloz. Veloz. Against me, the uh, charges are charges of crime against state security for defamation of the president. Mm. Mm -hmm. And Veloso and Mbanz have been charged by the law of abuse of freedom of press Mm -hmm. because they published my Facebook post. Can you tell us a little bit more about what was so provocative about what you said in that open letter originally? The message that I posted on my Facebook, it was actually provoked by an interview that the then-President Herman Gabuza gave to newspapers, in which he basically said uh, three or four things that uh, were very common during his presidency. One was that he accused the media of being responsible for the climate of instability, military instability, political instability in the country by reporting on it. Uh, Second, he accused his critics that said that there was a profound crony capitalism developing involving his family, friends, close associates, and others in the leadership of Frelimo with private capital, so not separating public interests and private interests. And he responded to that saying that when he became president, he gave all his businesses to his daughter and sons, during which time, during which his presidency, they became some of the richest people in Mozambique. And the third point was at the time there was a a wave of organized crime, kidnappings, assassinations, involvement of... Uh, police in political repression and he said in the same interview that he didn't see any reason to reorganize the police and change its command. So this was the normal arrogance, the normal response to um, public outcry about different issues that characterized President Gibuza during his leadership his, his leadership of the country. So these issues were being discussed everywhere in the country, in the public transports and so on, but people didn't come forward to say things about this because there was a climate of fear. So I did it. I wrote this post on my Facebook. The post was meant to my Facebook community, my friends in Facebook. And the the thing was that within an hour, there were something like 50 people have already shared it. And so I don't know for how many people, what was the reach of the post within an hour. And I posted it at midnight. So... It's at one in the morning, 50 more people had shared the the, the post and there were a lot of comments and and, and likes and stuff. So the post like spread like fire in dry uh, So It it, it captured things that people were saying. Yeah. And I think that that was the first point Mm -hmm. is that the post became so um, disseminated and so many people talking about it against and in favor of the post. Majority mentioning that they were in favor of the points that were mentioned. And I think that this was the first point. But the second one was that two newspapers published it. And this was in the eve of local elections. Frelimo was at the time very discredited. And there was a lot of criticism about Fralimo. And there was a feeling that that local election process could change things, and actually it changed a bit. One opposition party uh, got four main cities, including Mm. the second and the third main cities Mm. of the country. And in Maputo, which is a a fortress of Ferlimu, Ferlimu won on the margin, and there is a lot of suspicion suspicion of fraud. Mm. So the situation was bad, and I think that in one way the post questioned and this is another point. The post questioned the idea that Gabuza was unquestionable because the post said, this is your responsibility. You are the head of the state. The post began saying, Mr. President, you are out of control. Exactly. And the post began with that and referring to that interview and referring to the three points I mentioned and then developed from there saying, look, it's your responsibility as head of state to guarantee peace. It's your responsibility as head of state to be concerned with the fact that the Mozambican economy is growing fast and faster than ever while poverty is not reducing and so on. So these were the points that came Let, next.
0: Let's come back to some of those, the fundamental issues mm. a bit later. I mean just to add one thing about the tone of the mm. uh, of the post and how it managed to be so provocative to Gabuza was it,
1: it also drew a parallel with the, the origins of fascism in Europe. Exactly, in Europe and Africa and elsewhere. Mm. So I've been accused of comparing him with Mobutu and stuff. And actually, in my post, I don't say that. What I say is that the processes that we are seeing in Mozambique, political repression, involvement of police, they're directly in political repression, the kind of economy that is being developed and so on, these processes are similar to processes that happened in countries like Zaire during Mobutu and the mm. fascist Portugal, fascist Spain, and so. On. and of course this becomes a point of contention first of all because actually a lot of people agree with that so that's the problem see people don't no one agreed with that I would be a ridiculous person mm. but it's not the case but second Giuza, is one of the fighters for national liberation and he fought against the Portuguese fascism. And so being now compared or at least put in a situation in which people can say what you are doing is not dissimilar to what these other guys uh, have done in the past, is not something of his liking or Mm. the liking of uh, the leadership of Limo. But who cares Mm. if that's true, it's a debate. debate. so, Carlos, after some uncertainty and delay, the, the attorney
0: general's office, I think, has, has, has brought the case against you and Fernando Mbanze and Fernando Veloz mm-hmm. to court, to trial. And I think the trial will open on, on August 31st and that you will return to Mozambique for that. You're very sure. keen to, to return, to take part in the process. Can, can I just ask you, do, do you at the moment have faith in the legal process and the rule of law in in Mozambique.
1: No, but uh, because this case is a politically motivated case, it's, and I have information coming from inside the judiciary system saying that there is a lot of political pressure for the case to go forward and so on. So in Mozambique, you can still can manipulate cases like that. So despite invoke, the fact
0: that there is a new president, that there is a perception that politics has changed a bit in Mozambique, yeah. you're still anxious about political. Uh, uh,
1: well, uh, the, other, the the point also is the new president has been trying to be a friendly president. It's 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 a, a guy in contact with the people. That's what he wants to mm. the image he wants to. Show. And that is touching people a lot after 10 years with a uh, quasi-fascist regime in Mozambique. But the new president has been there for six months. Uh, has been in leadership of the party for three months and is a young newcomer to the leadership of the uh, party and the government in Mozambique. He's a young guy in in that sense and even if he's very, very well-meaning in everything he does I don't think that he at the moment has full control of all the political instruments and political dynamics in the party and in the country. The the, uh, political uh, committee of the party is still the one that was serving uh, President Gabuza. So President Nussi has to deal with these uh, challenges. So there's
0: still a risk and that that I suppose is one reason why it's very important that there is an international campaign to try and press for for, uh, for freedom of speech and for due process in uh, in the
1: courts. The other point also is although I don't trust, fully trust the the fairness of the case, I, I don't, but at the same time, my main concern is not whether I'm acquitted or not. My main concern is the issues at stake need to be discussed.
0: Carlos, let's come Sorry. to those in, in just one sure. minute. There's one more thing I want to ask you mm. about the, the the legal process itself is that I understand that there was fairly recently introduced a, an amnesty law covering some of the period of Gabuza's presidency. And and I'm curious about what you think about why that amnesty
1: law was not invoked to kick this case out of the court. Uh, well, the amnesty law was introduced in mid of 2014 to cover all said crimes against the state from a certain period in 2012 to the moment of uh, signature of the end of conflict agreement between RENAM and Mm Frelim in September, if I'm not mistaken, 2014. So it includes includes that period. Now, why it wasn't invoked by the General Attorney's Office, I don't know. I guess that they um, are trying to get away with it. And uh, it, it means that a case of criticism of Gebuza Uh, through Facebook is much more serious for the judicial system in Mozambique than it is the assassination of people because there was a war, the people involved in assassination of civilians and soldiers and, and so on have been covered by the amnesty law and I wrote a Facebook post criticizing Gebuza because of the war, mm-hmm. criticizing Gebuza because of political, social and economic exclusion and I'm not covered. So uh, there is a point there that can show how politically motivated this mm-hmm. case is. The reason why I'm not invoking it, because I'm not invoking the mm-hmm. case is because um, I decided and uh, my my lawyer has agreed with me and the front uh, bans and the other co-accused are also We decided that if that's what they want, they want to go for a a trial, let's go for the trial and at least win the trial politically, Mm. even if we don't win it legally, but at least win it politically. So that takes us to the real Mm. issues, because I suppose still there's a kind of
0: jarring contradiction between the, the issues that you raised in your post, and I'd like to get you to talk about briefly and a common perception outside Mozambique still, that Mozambique is one of the great success stories of the the end of the Cold War period, a successful negotiated peace settlement in, in 1992, multi-party elections, sustained peace, rapid growth, so on and so forth. And I think
1: a lot of the issues that you touch on are really about how fragile that scenario really is. Uh, there are two things there. One is that if compared with some other African countries, you can say Mozambique is, Mozambique mm. is a, successful case for almost any kind of indicator you can choose, given the circumstances. That's different from saying it is a successful case in absolute terms, full stop. And uh, what is more striking is, one, this uh, informality of the processes that are involved. So we have multi-party systems established in the constitution, and the way it is implemented, the continuous weaknesses of the institutions, and so on and so forth, make sure that it continues to be be a monoparty system with forlìmo hegemony. And so, but you can always argue, but we had elections, but you always have fraud. You can never prove the fraud, and so on and so forth. The second point is that, and this is a, the focus of my work, is that the Mozambican economy is not only growing fast, it's accelerating, but the interesting point is that the efficiency of the economy at reducing poverty has declined so significantly that in the last decade, when the economy grew faster than every other decade in the Mozambican history, the number of poor in the country actually increased by more than 2 million people. If that happens, then you have to ask questions about robust growth and uh, all these things that are said. The other point is that the Mozambican economy is showing all the signs of a bubble. A bubble financed with debt based on expectations about future income accruing from a very narrow based mineral energy mm. complex. Income that is not coming. And we are uh, observing that more and more of the multinational companies that have acquired those resources are actually speculating with them in the international markets rather than producing. And the Mozambican economy is becoming more and more of a speculative economy. If just give an example: is the at the moment the um, amount of finance going from the domestic financial system to government debt bonds is equal to the total amount of money that banks. Give to industry, agriculture, transports, tourism, and construction. So, what is spent by banks in buying debt is equal to what banks spend in financing production. And the Mozambican economy is becoming more and more like this. So, if you look at indicators like growth and inflation, it's fine. If you go inside and say what is actually growing, you see a bubble. And that's extremely dangerous for a very fragile economy like Mozambique, in which 55% of the people are still living under the poverty line. So that's a crime against state security to say that. So in a way, what you're hoping is that the
0: trial is in a way a test case for the rule of law in Mozambique. Uh, that it's a test case for the development of accountability of, of, of the political leadership, but that also that it dramatises and helps to stimulate debate around this fragility of the pattern of economic growth and and the limitations of its of its social
1: implications. And I would like just to raise an a final question that is not being raised very much in in the debates and in the media about this case. In Mozambique, we have a so-called democracy in which the holders of public office are protected by law against criticism by the public they are supposed to serve. And in the new law that has been coming into action in July, the new penal law, Mm -hmm. the coverage of these holders of public office has increased and the penalties for criticism have become stronger. Now, I have more people covered by a law that says you cannot criticize Mm -hmm. these people and otherwise, you get these penalties. So, what kind of democracy is that? You have the the, the people who are being elected and are in charge of managing public interests cannot be criticized by the public. Hmm. They are unaccountable hmm. to the public, and that's something we need to fight against. If we don't do that now, well, this is something that very, very it was very, very similar to the fascist laws of Portugal in Mozambique and in Portugal in the 70s.
0: Carlos, that's very, very interesting. And thank you for coming in. We will watch this case with with great interest. We hope to invite you back for further discussions. (laughs) There's a lot to talk about. And uh, sorry we had so little time, but thank you very much. Thanks very much. Thank you.